to where now? Praise God. I'm going to be continuing and I, I, I want to round up on, on what we've been talking about since the beginning of the month. That's Bible sense and common sense on singleness, um, um, singleness, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. And uh, today, I really want to um, get us to look at what the Bible says. Praise God. Concerning the issue of divorce, concerning the issue of remarriage. Pastor, why should you come and preach on divorce? Are you encouraging us to divorce? (laughs) Amen. Praise God. No, I'm not encouraging anybody to, to get a divorce. Amen. Praise God. But it's good to know, even though it is not the will of God, rather it is not God's best for people to get divorced. Okay? The Bible says in Malachi chapter 2 that God hates it. And whatever God hates, we, we hate. But despite the fact that God hates it, it still happens. Despite the fact that God does not like war, war happens, isn't it? Wars do happen. Praise God. Jesus even said that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Not because God willed it, but because man permits it. (laughs) Man wants it. You know, praise God. There is evil in the land. There is evil on earth. this This is not the earth that God created. We live in a fallen world. Praise God. Praise God. And so we need to know what the Bible says about it. Glory to God. And in fact, when we know what the Bible says about it, then we can even, it will even help us in preventing it. Glory to God. And whoever has got into it, we, 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 the Bible, when we know what the Bible says about it, we can even, it can even help the person to recover and get a new start. Glory to God. You know, God does not want any of his children to be held in captivity. It's not his desire. Captivity emotionally, captivity, you know, uh, 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 religious captivity. Doesn't want it. Praise God. And God wants peace in every home. The Bible says, what is God's desire in in marriage? It says, a godly seed. We'll see that in Malachi chapter 2. It's a godly seed. In other words, the offspring, not just talking about the biological offspring, because it's not all marriages that may, you know, that, 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 that end up with biological offsprings. But what he, what he says he desires is a, a, that godliness comes out of every relationship. That every relationship, every marital relationship, uh, sanctioned by God, uh, ordained by God, uh, where, where, where God is uh, the head of that union, glory to God, amen. He wants it uh, to reflect heaven. Matthew chapter 5, no sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, talks about, it says this is, this is, a, mystery, this is a mystery, but I speak concerning what? Christ and the church. So which means that every relationship, every marital relationship, uh, right, should, uh, God's best uh, is that it should reflect Christ and 
the church. Glory to God. Glory to God. But where we have ones that don't reflect it, what do what what happens? So we are going to do quite some Bible this morning. Amen. Praise God. It's good to know. 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 So let's first look at what's God's um, God's ideal. What's the picture of God's ideal when it comes to marriage? Hallelujah. What was God's plan in the beginning? What picture did God have in mind? Because, you, of course, you and I know God was the one that instituted marriage, isn't it? Yeah. God instituted marriage. Praise God. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5 again. Or let's start from Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We see God instituting the marital union. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall a man leave his father. Somebody say, a man will leave his father. Yeah, so the Bible says that, therefore. So this is what it means. This is, this is the picture I am giving to you. He said, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. So that's God's picture. And it says, and they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. So, so, a man shall leave his father and his mother, he shall leave his parents, and shall cleave. Okay? Cleave means to be joined together. Praise God. You know what came to my mind? Makam. You know, <laughs> they just, they just, they just formed that mom. Makam, you know, they click together. Praise God. So that is God's ideal. So a man shall cleave to his wife, and the two of them shall be one flesh. Amen. Now, but let's see what Moses now says in in Deuteronomy chapter 24. Deuteronomy chapter 24. What Moses now instituted something. Talking about laws, some marital laws, especially the ones that refer to divorce. God, you see that in that, in, in Genesis chapter 2, God didn't, there was no mention of a separation. No mention of a separation. Amen. There was no room for it. 
But in verse 20, chapter 24, Deuteronomy chapter, verse 1, when a man has taken a wife and married her, and it comes to pass that she finds no favor in his eyes, that because he has found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her hand, give it in her hand and send her out of his house. They were really mean those days, man. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. And if the latter husband hates her and writes her a bill of divorcement and give it to her hand and send her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that, she is defiled. For that is abomination before the Lord. And thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord your God giveth thee for an inheritance. Who said this? This is Moses. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we see that Moses said, a man can divorce his wife if he finds uncleanness in her. Or hates her. Just develops a likeness, a dislike for her. So these, and in Israel, this was a big debate. Because to say uncleanness, uncleanness is a blanket word. The uncleanness was not defined in their eyes. Uncleanness can be physical. The man is the one that now decides this is unclean. <laughs> you say, ah, but we can see that this thing is beautiful. No, it's unclean. So, so for whatever cause, now, for whatever cause, the men were so free to divorce the women. How do I know? Matthew chapter 19. Let's see what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 3. Let's read him from verse 3. He said, the Pharisees came to Jesus to tempt Jesus. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Did you see that? So, as far as they were concerned... The uncleanness meant every cause. So it was not defined. It was not clearly defined. So things were skewed against the woman. So it's whatever the man feels. He can wake up today and smile at you, smile at you the previous day and then wake up the next day. Something enters his head and it says, hey, you're unclean. And he doesn't have to go to any court. He just writes a bill and gives it to the woman. Oh yeah, out of my house. What a Lord. Amen. So is it lawful for a man? So which law were they referring to? They were referring to the law of Moses. Take note of this. Which law were they referring to? The law of Moses. And the law of Moses pertained to who? To the Jews. 
So it was a law for the Jews. Tell your neighbor it was a law for the Jews. It was not a universal law. Remember when we started this series, we said that the laws that govern marriage now, after the fall, mostly is the law of man. The laws that men set. Those are the laws that govern marriage now. So, so therefore it defined, depends on various cultures, various uh, uh, societies that determine the laws. What laws they want to permit. So, in this case, uh, this guy said, uh, we are following the law of Moses for every cause. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said to them, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? You see that? So, Jesus referred them back to where? Genesis chapter 2. So, in other words, uh, Jesus was trying to tell them this is God's ideal. When it comes to the marital union, this is God's ideal. Okay? Next verse. And said, so when he made them male and female, brought them together, he said for this cause, did you see that? He, that's the scripture that we quoted the other time we saw in Genesis chapter 2. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father and shall cleave to his wife and the two of them shall become one flesh. So the one flesh principle is God's ideal. The Pakam principle. Joins together. No separation. That's what it implies. Amen. Said the two of them shall become one flesh. Okay, next verse. Wherefore, there are no more two, but one flesh. So, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, listen to this. He's saying that the one, when God gets involved in a marriage, what he joins together, no man should put asunder. Hallelujah. I'll come back to that later. We need to understand that better. Okay? What God has joined together. In other words, he's saying that God does not want any separation. That is God's ideal in the beginning. Next verse. And he now asks, why did Moses now command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? Moses heard from God. I mean, Moses was the lawgiver. This is what Moses commanded. If God's ideal is that no separation, why did Moses write a bill of divorcement? Why did he allow it? Hallelujah. Next verse. Jesus now answered them. He said, Moses, praise God, Moses why did Moses allow it? He said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, allowed you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Therefore, it means that divorce happens because of the hardness of hearts.
He said, God permits it. God had to permit it because man's heart could be hardened. And when a man's heart is hardened, hallelujah, God can only seek to influence it. But if the person does not permit the influence, allow the influence of heaven, there is nothing God can do about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, but take note. Jesus was making reference to which law? The law of Moses. Let's read on. Let's read on. Let's read on. Next verse. And I said to you, whosoever shall put away his wife. Jesus now was not able to, Jesus now, Extra, he now explained to them what that uncleanness meant. You know, for them, uncleanness, uncleanness was every cause. But Jesus now zeroed in on this was actually what Moses meant. Whoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication. So, in other words, Jesus was saying that most, what Moses meant by uncleanness was fornication or adultery. Hallelujah. And shall marry another, commits adultery, and whoso married her which is with the way, does commit adultery. On which basis? On the basis of not, I don't like her again. On the basis of adultery. Now, take note. Take note. Someone say, yes, she has committed adultery. He has committed adultery. Therefore, the Bible says, I should, no, no. The law of Moses said so. Remember, Jesus was explaining what law? The law of Moses. Let's not forget that. Hallelujah. Now, hear this next verse. <laughs> His disciples said unto him, <laughs> If this is the case, ah, <laughs> maybe it's not good to marry. You see how warped their minds were. They were like, eh? only for adultery. You mean, if I don't feel like I don't like her again, I cannot divorce her. Because that was a practice then. They were like, it's better not to marry if it's only because of adultery that I can divorce a woman. That was, that was, that was how warped their minds were. Next verse. Next verse. But he said to them, all men cannot receive this same. Give me the message translation. Give me the message translation. Do you have the message translation? Okay, please, let's have the message translation of this verse. Continue from here. Jesus said, not everyone is matured enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage is not for everyone. Did you hear what I said? He said, marriage is not for everyone. He said, some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Have you met people like that? There are few. But they don't, they don't give marriage. Everybody is worried about them that they are not married. And they are like, why are you worried for me? What's your own? 
I'm not interested. So there are people like that. And so we must, and we must respect them. We must respect them. We don't put them down. They are not lesser than any other person. Are you listening to me? You don't look down on them. You don't say, oh, there's something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. Hallelujah. They have the grace to stay that way. So you see, that, what does that simply tell you? That simply tells you marriage is not compulsory. Irrespective of what our society says. And so we do not overtly pressure people. Is marriage good? Yes. But when someone is not yet married, don't, don't, we don't look down on that person. Or someone says, I don't want to be married. Don't look down on that person. I say, hey, I think there's something wrong with that person. No! Did you hear that? Live and let live. You know this? this, Someone said, I'm not going to be married. There's something wrong. Are you sure? The next thing we said, maybe that person is gay. (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After then he said marriage isn't for everyone from some from birth. Similarly, never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked. There are people who don't get who don't who never get asked. See how fine this person is. Yes. Nobody. Hallelujah. It, does it happen? Sure. Does that person, does it make that person less? Does it mean that that person has an ancestral spirit to conquer? No. <laughs> Have you brought me where I've been? I know we just attribute that. Oh, there's, there's one ancestral spirit that we need to, we need to, and they have gone from one deliverance to the other, and yet that ancestral spirit has not left them. And they subject to themselves, themselves to all kinds of, of terrible things by people who ordinarily should not even touch their head. Glory to God. Thank God, choir, you didn't minister today, so I have, I have plenty of time to do everlasting gospel. <laughs> so, so answer, some decide not to get married for kingdom's sake. Right? Some decided, and some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. Like Paul. So, I don't want, what I have in front of me, I don't want to get married. Hallelujah. Certain man of God got married, got divorced, got married, got divorced. After a while, he said, I'm not married again. Let me just stay with this walk. I don't know who say, hey, it's because he has problem. He doesn't have problem. 
Because marriage can be a distraction. Didn't we see it in the scripture last week? Yes. Because you carry troubles. So, so there are some people who are so consumed with the work that marriage will be a distraction for them. And they, are, and they don't have the aptitude to be able to manage both. You will think that the, the ministry will collapse after the divorce, yet the ministry is not collapsing. The ministry seems to be moving forward. Then it means that <laughs> Brother Higgins said there was one man, you know, that got that got divorced, you know, way long ago when he, in his early years in ministry, you know, when he had not understood some of these things, uh, and uh, so they, 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 they were, they were, his church members asked him, "Hey, that man of God that got divorced was he in the will of God or was not in the will of God?" He said, "Well, well, he he uh, he agreed with the general notion uh, that oh, that the guy is going to hell, that he's not in the will of God, and all that." So one day he was he he he, he was about to sleep, uh, and he knelt down on this by the side of the bed to pray. As he knelt down, uh, said everywhere was dark. He said there was. Only those days, the only you know the lights were in the center of the room, so that was the only light that was on. And suddenly, everywhere became so bright. Everywhere became so bright that it was the Lord that came into the room. He said he could so see everything clearly, like the light, of, you know, as if it was light of day. And then he said, the, the Lord just asked him. He said, "Who are you to judge another man's servant?" So, he was like, who did I judge? He referred to that guy. You know, he said, Lord, no, I didn't, I didn't judge him. I only said what, you know, what has been, I only repeated to my members what we, what is, what, what is believed, you know, you know, the doctrine of the church. He said, Jesus asked him again, who are you to judge another man's servants? Said no. He said it was the third time when Jesus asked. After Jesus asked, the third time he was asked, Jesus, he now said, "Lord, forgive me." And he said that, and the Lord just disappeared. The Lord didn't even he he didn't even explain to him the man's condition. He just said, "Who are you to judge another man's servant?" Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! So, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Not to judge people. Because of what we believe. Because what you believe may be wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says some decide not to get married for kingdom reason. If you are capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. So you see that in the, in, 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 under the law of Moses, those guys had some, some belief systems uh, about divorce uh, that, that was not really God's will. Mark, Malachi chapter two from the message translation. Malachi chapter 2. Let's, let's run there. Praise God. Praise God. Malachi chapter 2 from verse um, 13. Here is a second offense. You fill the place of worship with your whining and sniveling. 
Because you don't get what you want from God. Do you know why? Simple. Because God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your young bride. And now you have broken those vows. He calls those vows the faith bond which you vowed with your vowed companion. So he calls those vows faith bond, a faith, a faith bond. You vowed a faith bond with your vowed companion, your covenant wife. So here we see that marriage is a covenant. Hallelujah. How does God regard it? God regards it as a covenant. Glory to God. God, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. What does he want from marriage? Children of God. That is what he wants. So guard the spirit of marriage within you. Don't cheat on your spouse. Verse 16. I hate divorce, says the God of Israel. I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. So watch yourselves. Don't let your guard down. Don't cheat. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God clearly says here that he hates it. But those guys under the law of Moses said, hey, we can under any, for any reason. What, we, 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 we. Jesus now said, no, 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 no. He said, except for fornication and adultery. Under the law of Moses. Now, let's see Paul, what Paul said concerning divorce. And here is where the great controversies are. Hallelujah. Now, remember, Jesus said in the beginning it was not so. But what did God do? God permitted. What did God do? God permitted divorce. Even though he hates it, but God permits it. He permitted it. Why? Because of the hardness of men's hearts. Can a man's heart be, be hardened? Yes. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, quickly. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. The King James Version. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Man's heart can be hardened. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In what? Departing from the living God. So there can be an evil heart of unbelief when we are hardening our hearts as in the day of provocation. Hallelujah. So unbelief is the root of the hardness of hearts. 
Why will someone want to divorce someone, right, or walk towards divorce? Hallelujah. I'll explain what that means. Because someone can decide I want to divorce and the other says I don't want, really. But you can't force yourself on anybody. Hallelujah. The person who is divorced may not be the reason for the divorce. Praise God. But you can't force yourself on anyone. Jesus says that if the unbeliever says he was going to, I mean Paul rather, we are going to see it in Paul. He said, if he wants to depart, let him depart. So because of the hardness of a man's heart, right? Hardness of man's heart in this dispensation against what? The law of marriage in the new covenant. And what's the law of marriage in the new covenant? What did we say is the law of marriage in it? It's the law of love. The law of the love of God. Jesus said, or rather not Jesus, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, wives, husband, wives submit to your own husbands. As you do unto the Lord, submit to him in everything. Hallelujah. Submit does not mean that you become a doormat, like I said last week. Submit means uh, you are giving into him. You are voluntarily giving into him. Because uh, of leadership, he is the leader in that relationship. And we can't have two captains in a ship. One has to direct. What There has to be the... The one that the box stops at his table. But that the box stops at your table does not mean uh, that it's only, your, it's only your head that is correct. Hallelujah. One that the box stops at his table uses other people's heads. To get the right direction. Hallelujah. Because sometimes your head can be so full you are not seeing clearly. And you need other people's heads to be able to clear your thoughts. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But the box stops at your table. So submission means you are giving in. Because if submission means domination, then in verse 21, all of us should be dominating one another. After all, he said in verse 21, he said all of us should do what? Submit one another to one another in reverence for God. So if submission means domination, it means all of us should be, we should have little dominators all over the place. Dominating one another. No! It means we give into ourselves. We, we, we prefer ourselves. We do not just seek only our own interests. Sometimes our interests may, 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 may need to be stepped down for the other persons. Submitting as a mark of honor. When you submit to your husband, your husband, you are honoring him. Hallelujah. 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 I said, well, 
After all, the Bible says that all of us were, God created us male and female, and all He created all of us to dominate in it. And therefore, so, therefore, you know, my, 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 my husband, my head is more, I, I, is more correct than yours. I, I can't you see that 70% of the decisions you have been making in, in, in this family, they have been wrong decisions. Therefore, I'm not going to listen to you again. Ah. He will apply the law of Moses to you. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But then we submit and the man leads out of love. So in the, in the new creation union, the love of God is what, it, is what rules. When we allow our, the love of God to rule, we compete with ourselves in, in, the, in walking in the love walk. Nobody will have any reason to want to divorce. When we submit ourselves to walking in love towards one another. Competing with one another in the love walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love is patient. Love is kind. <coughs> I heard a man of God say many years ago, he said, we don't need marriage seminar. We need word seminar. I mean, just stay with First Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Your marriage will work. Even if you don't hear, if you never attend any marriage seminar before, First Corinthians 13, 4 to 8, when you stay with it, your marriage will work. It will work. Hallelujah. Love does not insist on his own rights. So, divine love, not natural love, oh, I hope you know that. It's not natural human love. That one is, uh, I like you today. I feel high today. Tomorrow you can feel low. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have there been times when I feel like pushing my wife out of the bed? Yes. <laughs> I need my space. Hallelujah. But divine love will say no. My space is my right, but you don't insist on your own space. On your own right, rather. Love is not, is not envious nor boil over with jealousy. Love does not take account of suffered wrong. Hallelujah. So, which is that you should not be writing either on paper or on the tablets of your heart. The wrongs that your, that your, that your spouse, if you, any man or woman that remembers what happened seven years ago, the details of it, you are not keeping First Corinthians 13. Ha! You can, if I know the time at 3.48 p.m. Ah, ah. He took me time. In fact, he's still paining me. Because love does not take account of suffered wrong. Glory to God. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 is the love, love. He says we should love one another as brethren. That's your sister, that's your brother. Before he becomes your husband or your wife. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's see what does Paul say about this divorce of a thing. 
Praise God. Let me read from the Living Bible Translation. So, why have I brought in the love love? Paul, Jesus wrote or said things concerning marriage, right? Making reference to the law of Moses. But Paul wrote about marriage and marital issues, right? Under the law of what? Love. When we understand that, it will clear all the various issues. Amen. The law of love is what governs marriage in the New Testament in the church. So the law of love is not what governs marriage between unbelievers. They don't even have the love of God in them in their heart in the first place. How do I know? Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, in the heart of the believer. The unbeliever does not have the love, the love nature. He doesn't have it. So you can't judge him based on the love, the love nature. He's not under that law. Romans chapter 8 tells us that in verse 5, give me Romans 8 verse 5. It, it says, the, 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 talks about, it said the carnal mind, talks about the carnal mind. He said his enmity against God. He cannot, he said, uh, uh, give me the King James Version. For they that after the flesh do many things of the flesh, do that after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Next verse, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is what to, to spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So you can't, you cannot judge the the unbeliever, amen, with the law of God. He's not subject to it. Hallelujah. You are now wondering why? How come? Ah, today he said he loves him. The next day he said I don't love you, and he hates him. He's not subject to it. Hallelujah. Now, the believer who is subject to it uh, and does not walk in the law of God uh, is what? He has a hardened heart. So you see, love is the, is the rule. He has a hardened heart. So for the unbeliever, you cannot say he should walk in love towards his wife. Which love? The, the best love he can walk in love, you can walk towards his wife is human love. Natural human law, which everybody should have anyway in marriage. But it's fickle. It can change. Someone that you say, I love you today, the next day, you can say that something just happens. Just, I hate you from the bottom of my heart. You say, ah, where did the love of yesterday go? Because it's natural human love. And so, which command, which law will, will, will walk in that stead? It's the law of man. Constitutional law, societal law, customary law, depending on which one that they decide to subject themselves to. Praise God. But look at what Paul said. Let's read from verse, uh, uh, from verse 8. So I say to those who are not married and to widows, it is better to stay unmarried, just as I am. 
But if they cannot control themselves, they should do what? Go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to burn with lust. To burn with sexual passion. Hallelujah. He says, better. He says, if you are unmarried or you are a widow, it's better stay unmarried. But if you cannot, if you cannot hold body, it is not a sin that you cannot hold your body. But it is a sin when you yield to it. So he says, for you to be safe, stay, I mean, go and marry. Next verse. Now, but for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. Someone say, uh-huh, Pastor, you see? Yes. She, you, you, I, I catch you there. Let's see how you are going to explain that. Law of what? The law of what law governs us? What, under what law is Paul making these statements? Under the law of love. He says a wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him and the husband must not leave his wife. Praise God. Let her remain single. Remember, let me say it again, under which law? Under which law is this meant to be practiced? Under the law of love. So which means that when you walk in the law of love, you will not get here. You won't even get here in the first place. When the law of love works, right, you won't get here. When you walk, when a husband and wife, they are walking the law of love, they will never get here. Under the law of love, we don't Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, chapter 5, verse 22. So for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, gentleness, meekness, you know, temperance, self-control and all that goodness, uh, faithfulness. He says, against what? Next verse. He said, against such there is no law. It means that really when you are walking in love, there is no law that can be against you. When you are walking in love, nobody needs to say, like your wife, uh, buy sweet for your wife if it is sweet that, that is a love uh, language. Nobody should say, peck your wife. Before you leave the house. Do you, you won't have to have rules and commandments. Do you understand me? Rules, okay. When my wife does not greet me at 7 a.m., what is the command that I'm supposed to use? What's the law that should apply? Mm, do, do, do you think what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? No, it doesn't apply. So, okay, my wife did not cook for me today. What law applies to this? You are not thinking law. You are thinking love. Praise God. So, and in love, there, therefore, 
boundaries, uh, you know, all those boundaries that are set by laws. Praise God. Because, you know, law, when, when you are legalistic, you become very dogmatic. In our culture, a woman is supposed to kneel down and to greet, to greet, her, to give food to her husband. If he doesn't, they will send her to, to her father's house for seven days to go and learn. If that's the law. No, but, but the love of God won't think that way. Praise God. The love of God is not look, does not look for a law to nail a person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Higgins told the story of a, of a man of God who, 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 uh, 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 who, his wife left him. You know, left him with the children. Left him, just left him to join to another man. Went to, he didn't even marry the other man. They were in divorce. Just started living with another man for seven years. So the man was already thinking about getting married. So the, the lady, <laughs> the lady, you know, now came, came to her senses and wrote to the man, please forgive me, take me back. I won't be able to know that. You know, after seven years. <laughs> but the himself said, that is hard. Said because every iota of human love had left the man. He didn't love her for anything. And I said, okay, well, no problem. He called her. I said, okay, so that you will not go to hell. And also, you know, because of the love of God, you know, I'll accept you back. And for the children's sake, I'll accept you back. And he did. And they discovered, he done, said, sometime after they went, himself and his wife went to, went to uh, 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 visit them. And in the course of their interactions and all that, he discovered that, oh, you know, they were holding each other's hands, they were smooching each other, they were, you know, the guy, the lady was really, you know, adoring the husband and all that. Praise God. That's Love, human love that left had come back. But if it was the law of, you know, maybe, I mean, the man has, the woman has left, I mean, no way. All the doors are shut and closed. But the love of God still prevailed in that situation. That's why the Bible says, against such, there is what? There is no law. So, let's read on. 1 Corinthians 7. So, he said, let, let him remain single. Let, they should not marry. Told the story of another man whose wife left him. A Christian minister. The two of them, the man was a pastor, the wife was a Christian. For whatever reason, the woman left him with five children. Amen. I'll tell the story of the man too, who lives, who left. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think it's only women that live, no, no. <laughs> you know, praise God. Left a minister of God. Praise God. 
And of course, the the church said, First Corinthians chapter seven, verse ten and eleven. Once you are divorced, you cannot marry again. You have to remain single. And this man, the the youngest, the, the youngest of the, the the oldest of the children was twelve. The youngest was eight, eighteen months. So they were giving birth in quick succession, which is allowed if you want it. Amen. And so the man, so he said, they, they, they went to visit. Another man of God went to visit him one day. He saw that the car was in the driveway where everywhere was quiet. And then he, he, he knocked and then he went to the back and he saw this man sitting down on a couch with his, or the other children had gone to school, you know, with his 18 month old baby crying in tears. You know, he consoled him and all that. And he said, oh, I don't know. The church says I cannot marry. I can't marry again. If, if, you know, if I, I because, I, because my, my wife, my former wife is still alive, you know, and I'm left. She has left me with this, with this burden. Ministry has been affected and all that. And they quoted First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. I must not marry. I must remain single. Hallelujah. What does the love of God? Remember, Paul wrote this under what? The law of love. Whose heart? Why did Jesus, Jesus said, why, did, why did God permit divorce? Because of the hardness of the heart. So in that case, the woman's heart was hardened. Praise God. Let's read verse 15. If the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other. Underline this next statement under you. This is God's this is God's will for God has called you to live in peace. For God has called you to do what? To live in peace. Is that man in peace? No. Was that man in peace? No. He was in agony. And God wants us to live in peace. God wants us to be happy. Amen. So he said to her, better go and marry. Go and remarry. Why? But it means I will go to hell. You are not going to any hell. Glory to God. Was that God's best? No. But did God permit it? Yes. Will he make the man peaceful? Yes. Told another story of a lady, of a, of a, of a minister's daughter who was just 28 years old, had grown up in church, got married to another Christian brother in the same church. They grew up together. Hallelujah. Just like maybe children, you know, that are born in this church, they now marry each other. Something like that. 
And then uh, she got pregnant. Not knowing that the guy did not want them to be pregnant. They didn't want babies. And when his girl was pregnant, after she gave birth to the boy, to the, a baby boy, she, she took, she, he took her to the parents' house. And that was the last time they, that was the last time they, they, they saw him. He left. He just left. And they said they now had some time later that he was living in another town in homosexuality. And so this minister, who was a proponent of, if you divorce, you remain single. Here was his daughter right in front of him. Beautiful lady. Very, extremely beautiful. You know? But said day in, day out, he was watching his daughter deteriorating emotionally, crying in tears. God, why did my uncle happen like this? Oh God. He said one day, the man got, he got angry, he got tired. He got exasperated. He said he just opened the door suddenly on the daughter. He said, he said he just called the daughter, young girl, I want you to go out there, go and look for a boyfriend. <laughs> what? First Corinthians 7, you are the one that preached and said that we should, that if I will go to hell, if, he said, I don't care, I cannot see you shedding tears every day in my house. So watch what you preach. Eventually, the lady got married. He asked Brother Hakim, Brother Hakim, Brother Hakim, what do you think? This is what I said to my daughter. I said, well, you're right. Love, love. Glory to God. The love, love. The love, love. The love, love. The love, love. God loves his children and wants them happy. God loves his children and wants them happy. God loves his children and he, and he wants them happy. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, look at He said, look, look, let, let, let's read on, let's read on, let's read on. Verse, um, back to chapter 7, verse 10. He said, verse 13, if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer. Now listen, okay. Now from verse 12 again. Now I speak to you, to the rest of you, even though I don't have a direct commandment for the Lord, if a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer and she's willing to continue living with him. Remember, now he's talking about believers, those who are born again and then you are married to somebody who is not born again. He said if that person is willing to live with you, what does the law of love say? Live with the person. Praise God. If a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer and is willing to continue living with her, he says she shouldn't leave him. Praise God. Praise God. He said, don't leave the person. He said, ah, because you're not, I'm not born again, you're not born again. Therefore, no. That's not the love of God. He said, for the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage. The Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy. But now that they are, but now they are holy. Someone asked me, does it mean that the children of unbelievers are unholy? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
and, and unacceptable before God. No, that's not what he's trying to say. Hallelujah. What he's trying to say here is that the holiness he's talking about here, he's talking about the fact that those children, right, they are counted, they have access, they now, they, 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 can, they now have access to God. And so, a, 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 there is a sanctification of them. I mean, now, if the person, if the child doesn't get born again, doesn't mean that because he has, you know, you people say, Igbagbo, Yawo, Abi, Ya. The faith of the mother does not save the child. It's easier for a child to get born again when you have a born again parent. If the husband or wife who is not a believer insists on leaving, let them what? Go. The love of God doesn't force anything. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to that person. For God has called you to what? To peace. Did you see that? So this, are, this is the law of love that governs divorce in the new covenant. If he wants to stay, let him stay. Now, now you now have a believer who says, I want to leave. First, first, first Timothy chapter 5. Quickly, look at it. I want to leave. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. You are not giving it to me. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Let me look for it there. Praise God. First Timothy 5 and verse 8. Sorry? Oh, okay. It wasn't up here. Let's read it here. It says, If any provide not for his own, Especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So, if, if, if in a marriage, the husband or the wife, you are not providing, you know, when we look at, when we think about this, we're just thinking about providing money. No! Hallelujah! If you are not providing, what you ought to provide in the marriage relationship. Thank God we've talked, we've talked about meeting the needs of the man, meeting the needs of the woman. Right? If you are not providing, say you are worse than an infidel. Matthew chapter 18. See what Jesus said. Matthew 18. See also what Jesus, see also, so if someone, if a Christian man or woman is behaving like an unbeliever, look at what Jesus said we should do to him or her. Matthew chapter 18 verse 15 to 17. Matthew 18, 15 to 17. We understand that of unbelievers, but how about Christians? She said that there are Christians that behave like unbelievers. How should you treat them? He said it's worse than an infidel. Look at it. Verse 15. He says, if another believer sins against you, do we sin against each other in marriage? Yes. He said, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses, Right? He said you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again. Your pastor comes to visit. They do four hours counseling. They do two months counseling. They leave your house at 1 a.m. 
Hallelujah. And yet, you see, say, I lie. That's a hardened heart. What does the Bible say? He says, he said, so that, he said, go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Hallelujah. Then if he or she will not accept the church decision, treat that person like what? Treat him like a pagan. Treat him like a non-believer. Because you can't force anyone. Hallelujah. You can't say treat him like a non-believer. And what did Paul say about the unbeliever? He said, if the unbeliever departs, he said, let him depart. He said, you are what? You are not bound. So which means that that person can remarry. Give another story of, about the brother. Uh, I'll be supporting Kanye again. <laughs> Whose wife left? <laughs> you know, and because the guy started, he was a pastor. He started sleeping around with girls. You know, he tried to control himself, but you know, he was burning so much he couldn't control. So every time he comes, he, he will just go to his senior pastor and fall down. Hey, pastor, and well, oh, and well, and well, and well, and well. <laughs> then he said, after, after the second time, the man, the pastor called me, oh, young man, young man, sit down, sit down. He looks as if you can, this is not what I taught you. This is not who you are. Okay, go and look for a girl to marry. He married down someone else and got settled. Praise God. So we don't put laws. That's why in when it comes to marriage and divorce and things like that, marital relationships, we there is no blanket rule. You cannot be emotionally, you know, draining, physically abusing, and you know all the various abuses, both life, right, and center. You know. Either for the man, by the man, or by the woman, and then say, Oh, oh, the Bible said I should not leave him. The Bible said I should not leave her. You die there and go to heaven early. What is the will of God? That we should live in peace. Hallelujah. Is that clear? So, in our marriage relationships, what therefore should be our goal? Praise God. Walk in love. Listen, there is nothing love cannot conquer. Are you listening to me? Now, does that mean that the person will always hit it right every time? Oh, no. But both of us, we do what? We submit to the law of love. If one person decides not to submit to the law of love, there's nothing I can do. Well, I'll pray for him or I'll pray for her. And if the person still insists, yeah. Do you know people can insist? People can insist. Please switch off your phone. People can insist. People can insist. What do you do then? Hallelujah. If God can't change the person, who am I? 
Glory to God. But then that does not mean that at every, at every slight challenge, say, after all, you turn your back. No. Glory to God. Glory to God. Four things I tell people when they want to get married. Number one, this person that you want to get married to, is this person a child of God? Yes. You tick the box. Praise God. Number two, does this person fear God? Does he have reverence for God? Number two. Number three, does this person, is this person submitted to God's word? If this person, is this person submitted to God's word? Number three, number four, which is the last one I usually, does this person love you? I don't put that one first. Don't, don't marry somebody you don't love. You don't have affection for. And say the affection will come. And after all, my father and my mother, they didn't see each other before they married. The affection came after. Let me explain that. Praise the Lord. Either of two things happen. They walked in knowledge. Or, amen. Traditionally in those days, our, our mothers, they would, they, they didn't have all this. I want to romance you. I want to, he likes me. He takes me out. He doesn't. There was nothing like that. They didn't have such rules. He provides for the house. He provides for my children. She cannot. If in the home, the man, the wife is sitting down. The husband is sitting down. There is a visitor that comes. What's your, what's your thing? The woman will get up. That, that was their rule. But now, you guys are too enlightened. You say, what is that one? Since you are enlightened now, you now, you now need to add more. To it. Does this person love me? Does this person love God? Is this person submitted to God's word? Yeah. The law of love is what governs it. Amen. Amen. You see many you see Christian women fall for unbeliever men because they put what I put last, they put it first. Oh, he loves me. Oh, he loves me. Pastor, this guy, this guy is, mm, he is good. In fact, I've never seen any brother in our church. Praise the Lord. And let me talk some to some men. Praise God. Brothers, don't be afraid of marriage. Those of you who want to marry you, don't be afraid of marriage. Glory to God. 
actually, the older you get, the more you become afraid. Praise God. But don't be afraid. It's very, it's not, it's not a difficult thing. Hallelujah. Check those things. What that person is going to be in marriage, you will see it before the person gets married. It's, you will see it. Glory to God. Glory to God. And like my wife will usually say, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. If you like okoroko and your wife does not know how to cook okoroko, what's okoroko? <laughs> is it a soup? Okay. Oh, it's stockfish. Oh, I was thinking soup. <laughs> okay. To our to our internet audience, okoroko is a is a kind of fish. Okay, in Nigeria. Okay, so you you like that? My wife doesn't know how to cook it. Praise God. Will you because of that divorce her? No. Glory to God. Either you learn how to cook it yourself or you teach her, you get somebody to cook it for you. The most important thing is that you find it to eat. Pure and... Ah, no. My mother is the one that... She's not your mother. You saw her before you married. You should have asked her, do you know how to cook Boroko before marrying her? If it was that serious for you. My father is the one that usually opens the door. Or for my mother. And this one doesn't open the door. So why can't you be like my father? Oh, he's not your father. If he does not open the door for you, and you say you want to leave him, because he doesn't know how to open doors, maybe the next person you are going to meet, praise God, he will not even drive the, he will, not, he, he will even lock the door. Hallelujah. Love should be the rule. Tell your neighbor, love should be the rule. Hallelujah. When you say love does not insist on the other, I, I know you Google will not open the door. For love's sake, I will open it. And that, that solves the problem. See, but, but Titi's husband always open. That's Titi's husband. Praise God. Hallelujah. Love does not, love, love, love is patient, love is kind. Love suffers long. Praise God. But God wants you to suffer in peace. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Praise God. Not that you become a punching bag. And say, well, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. You go and say that to God. When you get to heaven, God will ask you, well, did I tell you that? You say, but you did not listen well, you didn't read it well. Amen. That is God's word concerning the issue of singleness, Christian marriage, divorce and remarriage. And please let me say this to, to us in church in closing. Please, please, and please. Society judges people who don't get it right in marriage. Let's not join them. We must walk in love towards our brothers and sisters whose marriages 
don't, maybe they didn't turn well, turn out well. They've had to divorce their wives. Or there was a friend of mine. A year after, in fact, less than a year after he got married, the wife said she's not doing again. Christian married, they married in church, everything. She was just, I'm not doing again. And the wife just left him. So we met in UI. So he came with that heavy burden. This was a Christian. Came with that heavy burden. So, so one day when I go, I said, bro, oh, his wife left. Oh, he was really, I said, young man, oh God, don't kill yourself. How old are you? You are still in your 20s. It's only in his 20s. Was just maybe, maybe how many years older than me? Maybe about three or four years older than I. I was, you know, that I am rather. Young man, young man, go and marry. No child, nothing. And the guy, the guy, they can't wait, you know, and was born in. Go marry. Amen. Thank God he yielded. Got married after school, you know, and. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know some of these things like, you know, one of the things that, that destroyed, that, that made my father, that made my father to die young was because of some of these doctrines about marriage. I'm saying that I'm a primary victim. My father died young. He died 50. One of, one of, one of his frustrations was that his home was destroyed because of because of wrong doctrine. You know, his lovely wife was indoctrinated that she should leave because he was a second wife. And that thing devastated my father. In fact, he didn't forgive the church. He almost went to hell. It was at his deathbed my father gave his life to Jesus. He was embittered. Yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a very, he had a happy home. And then someone said he got born again. And then said, oh, you have to leave because you are not the real wife. Hallelujah. If the church of Jesus Christ in the church there were, in the Paul's days, right? In the days of the early Christians, there were people that had multiple wives. And there was no time that the apostles ever said that the other wives, apart from the first wife, should leave. Hallelujah. What has God called us for? To peace. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Marriages will work in this church. No room for divorce. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you. The love of God is prevailing in our hearts. The love of God is ruling in our homes. Thank you, Father, for, for your God of second chance. Anyone who may have missed it, who, whom, whom have fallen victim, thank you because you are restoring them. 
Thank you, Father, because you are bringing healing. Lord, anyone who, are, who, are, who, is, who is under self-condemnation, you receive the release by the love of God right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father, for because there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Oh, because marriages, oh, that may be going through any troubles. Thank you because the, the, you, are, you are still in the storm. Oh, they are mending things. Your love is prevailing. Oh, headship is taking place well. Submission is taking place well. Loving is taking place well. Thank you for our single brothers and sisters. Oh, they are not afraid to get married. Oh, they are not afraid to get into relationships that are meaningful. Oh, that will be fruitful. That will bring honor to the Lord Jesus. And anyone who is in such a relationship, in the name of Jesus, oh, may they be, may, may, may the Spirit of God influence them to bring them back to the right track in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We celebrate your love. We celebrate your love. We celebrate your love. We look at ourselves with the eyes of the love of God. Oh, we don't condemn one another. We don't judge one another unjustly. But we are lifters of one another. Thank you, Father. We provoke one another to love. We provoke one another to love. We provoke one another to love. We don't act like infidels. We don't act like unbelievers. We don't act like pagans. Oh, we don't just allow the, the human love to rule our hearts. But the love of God, it rules our hearts. And our minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's take this song together. Abraham, please get on the keyboard. Thank you. Just hold our hands. Let's just take this song. Your mother, bro.